gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome to episode 30 of the middle-aged outlaws podcast episode 30 how did we get here not so fast (laughs) 1998 slowed us down somewhat we started on top fives and now we're just randomly picking things we want to watch (laughs) it's the best way because you can be excited about watching it exactly how are you adam anyway you good yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? I'm alright, thanks. I'm very good. Better than last week. How about you? Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I've got two feet that are almost exactly the same size, so that's that's great news for me. You can't grumble at that, that's what you're after. Yeah. Um, and talking of being unable to grumble, that, leads us, that would lead us straight into Bret Hart, surely. <laughs> no. That makes sense, no. yeah. Uh, we, this week, are going to discuss your choice from last week. Um, WWF In Your House Canadian Stampede which was set in 1997 and took place in Canada funnily enough Um, before I give you some really interesting information about 1997 do you want to maybe say why you wanted to do this one or is it just a simple case of it being an awesome looking pay-per-view I think rather than the like the card and all the matches and all that, we, we, we know going into it what the story is, what the central story is, and the fact, you know, Brett and the Hart Foundation have now moved to this situation where they are heroes in Canada, and I think basically everywhere outside the US, but hated uh, in the US, they are proper heels. Um, and, they, you know, most shows take place in the US. Uh, but you've got this situation where there's a pay-per-view in Canada and I just remember the crowd reaction. That was rather than the specifics of any match, what I was remembering was the crowd reaction towards Brett and, you know, all members of the Heart Foundation just being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that that made me want to go and watch this again. And so so would you have watched this at the time, do you think? I don't think I did at the time. I think uh, probably quite a few years after it. Okay. Um, I think I've had it in my head that I've maybe seen this before. I've not seen this before. Um, okay. So it was a it was an experience to watch it first time. I, to be honest, I, I think it's a little bit of a slept on slept on show. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's you don't hear about it being talked about as far as like best shows ever and all that sort of thing. I'm not saying it's that, but that there's it's so unique that it has to be seen. I think to be believed. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, because um, like I said, I wasn't really remembering standout matches from it beforehand and I probably couldn't have told you what any of the matches on the card were mm-hmm. other than the 10-man tag. Yep. Um, so like re-watching it, I was thinking, you know, this is this is an interesting match. Oh, this is pretty good, things like that. It, it kind of felt like I, I was in it for the main event, but there's some nice bonuses as you go along. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. So, 1987, let's play a little game. 
I have got the UK official singles top 10 chart here from 6th of July 1997. If you can name anything in the top 10, you can pick the next pay-per-view. Oh no. Would I, would I have to get the song? I can't just name an artist. No, nah, we're looking for song, Adam. God, so 1997. I mean, it, I'm assuming we still very much had like Britpop on the go. I think that that was going we'd, a we'd, little we'd, bit. There's Britpop in there. Yep. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying to think. You know, there's Blur, those Oasis. There's right. 1997. How about Common People Pulp? Unlucky. I'm sorry. Oh, you've not won the hundred thousand. Got it. I'm doing that. Come out. I'll t- I won't tell you all. There is Britpop, Bittersweet Symphonies in there by the Verve. Ah, okay. Um, what else we got here? Mbop by Hanson. Oh, nice. It's, it's not Britpop, obviously. <laughs> uh, Just a Girl by No Doubt. Uh, and the top three, number three, The Journey by 911. How could you have forgotten that one, Adam? Ah, I feel a bit stupid now. Ecuador by Sash. <laughs> And number one is I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. I assume <sighs> Biggie must have been killed round about... Well, it's been in the charts for five weeks, so I must be round about with Biggie. Uh, that, I was two years off with Common People. Oh, it's 95. Yeah. 95, is it? God. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Getting old. It's the Middle East Outlaws podcast. <laughs> um, and other news in 1987... Mike Tyson has just been suspended indefinitely for taking a chunk out of Vander Holyfield's ear, and he'll, of course, yeah. go on to be involved in WWF in the coming months. Yep. Um, Pete Sampras and Martina Hingis won Wimbledon that year as well. Okay. I, I think I remember as a good Royal Rumble in 1997. It was 1997 kind of start of Austin's start to move up the ladder, it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well... I don't think there's anything else to discuss. I've not got any more fun information about um, what's happening in the pop charts. So, so let's get into this pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, first thing that hit, hit me, the In Your House, uh, the whole setup, the In Your House set is amazing with the, yeah. with the house. And, yeah. um, and, and then you see JR, King and Vince and... They've all got cowboy hats on, leaning into this Canadian stampede theme, um, which I believe is an, you know, I, I was thinking Canadian stampede and then it's all like uh, cowboy themed and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is, I, I don't really understand the link here, but apparently that is a thing in um, Alberta, is it Alberta? Yeah, in Canada? Yeah. Um, and it's a thing that yeah, happens every year, no less. King has got the most ridiculous cowboy hat on you've ever seen in your life. It's gigantic. Yeah. It's, it's weird seeing face. them all with cowboy hats. I'd, you were so used to seeing JR with a cowboy hat, but it's just weird when it's other people. Did JR, JR didn't always, obviously at WrestleMania 9, he wasn't wearing a cowboy hat, but I wouldn't. No, I don't think he was doing it like on a regular basis at this point either. Um, so maybe thing maybe this was the start comfortable in a relationship and he starts being himself a wee bit more eh? <laughs> yeah yeah rather than trying to disguise his accent at all he's just <laughs> leaning into it <laughs> um so we kick off with a bit of a no don't say that don't say we start off with a banger you can't say that about every single pay-per-view we watch um we start off with a, a feud that seems to have been going 
already. We're sort of halfway into it. So Triple H is coming off King of the Ring, winning the King yeah. of the Ring over Mankind. Uh, and the storyline we've got is that, that Triple H basically cheated his way to win King of the Ring. And he's got this new bodyguard in Toe China who's basically helped him out. She smashes the King of the Ring scepter over Foley um, to help him win. And, and this is, I, I guess, is King of the Ring the previous... Um, previous paper. Let me just have a look because I've got YouTube, uh, not YouTube, uh, Wikipedia open that tells you. Yeah, that was the yeah, previous it was. one. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, this these two. I, I don't think I fully appreciated how far back the rivalry went. No, because um, at this point in this match, Triple H, although he's won King of the Ring, I don't think I would have ever quite got the timeline right on this. He's still kind of the. Aristocrat mm-hmm. uh, character, that, yeah, um, and I thought by the time he'd, he'd won King of the Ring, he'd, he'd kind of moved on from that, but clearly not. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably the start of him just about to move on from it. I would think it's quite awkward, isn't it? Because he, like, he's he's violent um, uh-huh. in the way that he wrestles. He's got this giant woman as his uh, side piece. I was going to say that's not that's not the right way <laughs> phrase as his yeah. bodyguard or whatever. And then uh-huh. he's got the big long gown on and he's doing the bow thing. So he's kind of, yeah. uh, I don't know, it's a bit strange. Odd. Did, 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 you, did you think anything of the, the promo? So there's a promo beforehand, but it's like a video package thing. And it's, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, go, go on. So China tells mankind to kiss her ass <laughs> and mankind says, it's your lucky day. I'm a good kisser. Really that weird. got me. That got me. I was, just, I was in hysterics at that. Really? That's class. Yeah. I like this version of Mankind. He's, yeah. You know, he's got big missing bits in his hair. He looks a mm-hmm. bit more like a buffalo sort of thing with like the brown outfit and the, the mask. Yeah. It's And it's interesting to hear that with sort of, because he's obviously this, um, you know, sadistic character, uh, but he's he's got this humour element to uh, him as well. Uh, it just did. Uh, yeah, it worked for me. I liked the voiceover on the, the package that he showed us. It was um, Michael Hayes, Doc Hendricks's voice, mm-hmm. but it was like, eh, for so many years, did it? I was like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> This is a this is a good match, eh? That's a, yeah. a really good match, and it. Well, let's go through. I was going to say about the finish, but let's go through it because, um, like the number. Of t- I feel like the age that we are and, and coming back in round about Attitude Era and then going into two thousands. Obviously, they had mm-hmm. quite a famous um, feud and Triple H retired them and all that sort of stuff. But the, yeah. this is obviously a precursor to that and an early version of it. Yeah, and and I I think I'd I'd bowed out at this point. I don't think I was watching regularly. I think you know within the next year or so I've probably gone back into it because um, I, I I don't really I, I I'll talk about it later on when we get to the Heart Foundation and stuff because I really enjoyed that stuff. But I, I've missed a lot of good stuff on the go, uh, and I've missed sort of the these uh, kind of early stages of of. Mankind mm-hmm. sort of breaking out and, and forming his character and all that, and I, I think I always it's probably a little bit putting him down because he has so many really good matches, but I think I just assume it's always all about the violence and you know the taking ridiculous horrible looking bumps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot to him as a worker. He's really impressive. Aye, definitely. So probably so underrated. I think. Yeah. Um, talking of bumps, this this starts off. With them 
going back and forward. Mankind chucks Triple H out, out the ring. And what have we got here? Su- suplex. Yes. So, so, so China basically gets herself involved almost constantly in this match to the yeah. point where you wonder if Jimmy Corderas has got something wrong with him. <laughs> that he can't see what's going on. But anyway, she at one point, Triple H, Irish whips uh, Mankind towards on the outside and she power slams him. Mm-hmm. And he takes this most ridiculous bump and rattles his knee off the steps. Yeah. Um, I've seen him do this before, but this just looked horrible. Yeah. It didn't look good because he's then selling it. But I was thinking, is this, has he actually hurt himself here? Because as you say, We've seen him do this. It's, it's like one of his uh, his sort of feature bumps. Uh-huh. Um, he does it in a lot of matches, but it just looked like it didn't quite hit right or, or a wee bit more impact than intended. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really, really uh, horrible. And, and that, that sort of gives the opening for Triple H to just really attack the knee and concentrate on it for quite some time mm-hmm. um, in this match. Yeah, he's... Uh, he's Locking in a figure of four, and you know he's he's going after the knee with kicks and things. All again, all nice and logical. Um, and it, what I I don't know if I would have expected this or not. I suppose if it had been a couple of years later, I definitely would have expected it. But the the, the crowd are really with mankind mm-hmm. in this match, and I'm looking thinking, you know, there's no famous celebrated Canadian in here. There's no. I think ridiculously over heel on the other side. He's yeah. getting there, but he's 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 not quite there yet. But the crowd are really into this event, like right off the bat. They are, eh? They're just mad for it. Uh-huh. It's crazy. I don't I don't think it ma- it would have mattered who you had on yeah. this card. I think they would have been going crazy for it because it's later on when the Undertaker starts coming back um, from being beat down with Vader. And the, the cameras are shaking and everything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. What what else we got here? That's uh, Foley hits a lovely sit down pile driver pulling the tights. I really like that. Yeah, I like that as well. It's um, it's one of those moves that I, I know they they kind of outlawed it. Um, obviously, it's a big risk, and I've I've just got in my notes how how good it actually looks as a move when right. it's done. You know, done well Ooh, and cool. obviously done safely. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a, a great looking move. Uh, the big sort of thing that I took away from this match was just that they were trying to put China over, like, giant yeah. massively. Yeah. Um, especially when you had Vince shouting, look at the delts on China. And the delts. The delts. And King says, what? He says, the deltoids. <laughs> was it was it ever anything that leapt out at you to say when, when looking at China? Uh, no. No, no. no. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what would leap out at me to say when looking at China. Uh, so I, I was, I think, probably genuinely quite intimidated yeah. any time she was on the screen. But yeah, like you say, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, sort of classic mankind stuff in the match. He's got like he does his double arm DDT at a point. He's got a running clothesline that takes them both over the ropes. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, and. Uh, China, I mean, every time they're near the ropes, never mind over the ropes, China's getting involved. Um, and she, uh, she helps with a, a distraction while Triple H takes out Mankind with a chair. China hits Mankind with a massive clothesline, which he, <laughs> he sells well. I, I can't, 
I can't remember when I was hearing this, but there was there was a question raised. It'd be on a podcast so when I was not very mobile. I was listening to a lot of them, um, and they were talking about you know did did any of the guys ever not want to put China over? You know, not want to be physically dominated by a woman mm-hmm. uh, in matches, um, and the sort of response was, well, there, there's always a few, but you'd probably find that. The, the top guys or the guys that get it would just do it. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they, they understand where you're going with the story. Um, and obviously, you know, mankind's selling the moves from China. Um, Massively. and she's, she's physically dominating. And then, you know, it's for, for what's to come. Um, especially once we get to, I think that original incarnation of DX. Um, she's, she's a pretty key component to that. Aye, she is. Uh, it's amazing they never tried to pull the trigger on her fighting, fighting men earlier. Actually, given you know yeah. like they kind of really keep their powder dry. We talked about before, but mm-hmm. the, she was managed really well. And like when they were uh, they being Triple H and and Shawn Michaels doing their sort of ju- juvenile stuff, she was quite a good sort of straight man to them too being yeah. a bit daft as well. Yeah, yeah, it worked. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we've got uh, Triple H getting crotched on the, the turnbuckle and Mankind applying the mandible claw. China dragging Mankind from the outside, dragging him to the, the floor and then yanking his legs towards the ring post with, without a, a very happy looking ending for, for Mankind there. Um, and I think that's actually what, what just leads up to the, the brawl on the outside. Um, Triple H sending Mankind into the railing and then they, they end up brawling through the crowd. Yeah, and it almost finishes. I was a little bit disappointed. It almost finishes um, too early for my mm-hmm. liking. I don't know how long it went, um, but then, but then it doesn't finish too early because they they keep brawling for like the next <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, the match is just over thirteen minutes, and is to it? be fair, it it, it didn't drag. No, I mean, not it, at all. It, it went by pretty quickly, and it it didn't really feel like that length of match to me. I probably would have. Thought it felt like it was under ten, um, but yeah, I don't know um, how often I've I've seen this kind of thing. I mean, we've seen matches that end and they're brawling through the crowd, and you can see that, and it's almost like you sort of cut away and move on to the next thing. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I don't ever remember it, it sort of going back to it uh, on on many other shows, if, if any. And it does a really. Like, I think I think in other times where you see this happen, double count out, and it's like, oh, they've just lost control, they hate each other so much. Um, mm-hmm. Like you say, that would be it. And you kind of feel, you're left feeling a little disappointed. But with this, they keep brawling. We go to a little package about the hearts in Calgary. Um, and they show you Diana fucking Smith as uh, Miss Calgary. <laughs> and uh, Then we go to an interview with Doc Hendricks with the Heart Foundation, come back and they're still brawling in the crowd. <laughs> it's amazing. It makes it yeah. feel more authentic, I think, that it's not like... Scenes, uh-huh. yeah, and uh, it it kind of to me it it felt like one of those matches where where both guys kind of got over, you know, mm-hmm. no, nobody loses obviously in that kind of match, but it it kind of didn't. I always thought from this kind of match, and you know, there's a probably a later one with uh, ends up being Cactus Jack and Triple H that I think puts Triple H over as incredibly tough, which maybe was one of the things that people needed to see to 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 see him at that level. But even this kind of thing, you know, this match, um, the the brawling and the sort of just won't give up, just want to fight yeah. attitude uh, helped, helped them both get over, I think. And just thinking about 
pieced together storytelling and um, that sort of thing that we bemoan quite a lot, they go mm-hmm. on to SummerSlam and fight in a steel cage. Yeah, which makes as, as they should makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, old nice. school blue steel cage as well. Oh, they can't have had many more matches with those in WWE or mm. WWF from from that day onwards. Right. But yeah, I like it. So from there, like we've said, we we get a bit of a a little package, and and this pay per view is all about pretty much all about celebrating the Hearts, Hart family, uh, yeah. Stampede Wrestling, Stu Hart, all that sort of stuff. So we see them in a open top bus, um, being sort of fawned over by the public, apart from Nightheart, who apparently, <laughs> for some reason, walked out without any sort of top on, apart from a leather jacket. <laughs> I have no idea what that's about, but it's terrifying. Uh, like yeah. I said, Diana Smith is wearing a sash that says Miss Calgary on it. Nice. Just so happened to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got Doc Hendricks with the Heart Foundation giving a little promo, and we see Austin trying to get at them. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really back by about twenty guys. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's funny, but I don't know. It kind of works. Aye, um, it she just looks crazed. It does. Um, and you've got you know Brett being relatively cool about the whole thing, um, and telling the, the rest of them to leave him, even though he's basically exposed, uh, they could just jump him. Uh, but Brett says he doesn't want anyone saying they jumped him five mm-hmm. on one, doesn't want any kind of unfair advantage in this. And I suppose that's the, they're, they're in Calgary here, they're in Canada. Uh, and that's the sort of interesting dynamic because, you know, if this exact same show is taking place in uh, one of the an American city somewhere, um, the hearts are, are the heels, yep. but obviously they're not going to do something heelish like a five-on-one beatdown uh, in a in a pre-match situation. Um, it's just really interesting. I, I love the the dynamic around the sort of you know the, the heel face and the shades of grey that are that are in there and the different ways it can be looked at depending on basically you know where you're from in this situation. Yeah, yeah, and. Their body language and the way that they're presented, um, they don't come across as happy, smiley faces. Uh, no. They come across as sneering, arrogant heels. Yeah. But they're yeah. being celebrated. There's something so brilliant about it all. I, I don't think this this I don't think this can ever have worked anywhere else in any like wrestling situation. I just can't imagine it because it's like. We've, you know, had discussions over the years about, you know, how like every every football team has an asshole, but when he's your asshole, you're not, you know, uh, you, you just don't hate him the same way as opposition fans would. Yep. Um, and the at times, even in Canada, Brett's being a bit of an asshole, but he, he, they just don't feel it. They, you know, they think he's he's right in what he's saying and what he's doing. Um, uh, it's such a unique situation. It's it's brilliantly done. It really is, and I think we spoke about this before as well. That um, it's organic. I think if you tried to mm-hmm. manufacture this, it probably wouldn't work. Yeah, um, and I think that's the, the sort of beauty of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so our our second match on this card of four, um, <laughs> like you've said, it's a short pay per view. I think it's an hour and forty five or something like that. So yeah, yeah, um, it's just a almost a perfect snapshot of an event. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they actually say this is for light heavyweight or 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 they talk about it being in a um, category 
Um, yeah. But I, I don't know if they actually say light heavyweight, do they? I don't think they do. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, this one, because it, it's almost like it's um, positioned as a like a trial mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. Um, and they want to see what they've got and they want to see who they can bring in to, I think, you know, create this this division. Um, but I don't know if they name it. And, uh, you know, that this is... Obviously, we're going to see um, Takami Shinoku here uh, against the great Sasuke. Um, and Takami Shinoku goes on to have a, a fairly lengthy run yeah. in, in WWE. Yeah. Um but it feels to me like this is just the start of it. Cause I imagine at this point in time, WCW have got their cruiserweight division, which a lot of people loved. Um, I know that throughout the, the run of ECW, once it became ECW, they often positioned either, you know, uh, Mexican wrestling or uh, Japanese wrestling, just as I think something a bit different on their show. Yeah. Uh, and I think WWE are maybe just trying to get their, their bit of, of that kind of action. And I think, well, two, two things I was going to say, I watched the Raw before this, um, and they do have Brian Christopher facing off against, oh, okay. oh God, I, I wish I'd written down his name. He was the son of some Polish wrestler they were referring to because they were taught, you know, like obviously oh. Kings doing the whole, what, what do you mean? He's not my son sort of stuff. Yeah, um, okay. Versus this other guy, but they do they do talk about it being like, I want to say they talk about it like junior heavyweight or something like that, uh, okay. as opposed to light heavyweight. Right. Um, so they they've obviously got things in their mind mm-hmm. um, about what they want to do, but uh, that match is nothing. This this is an amazing match. Yeah, more of this really would, would have been like, I I wanted more of this. Yeah, and it um. It stood out because when, you know, it's only, what is it, a four-match card, um, mm. there's nothing like this anywhere else on this card. So it's it's going to stand out for what it is. And I always thought, you know, if all your matches are um, high-flying, high you know, that, that style of match, nothing's going to stand out. Uh-huh. But on this card, this did. It, 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 it was different. It was entertaining, very entertaining. The thing I liked about this was it there was high-flying, um, mm-hmm. But it's just such a, a brutal style. Um, <laughs> seen it uh, sort of compared to like New Japan style, a bit stiffer. Uh-huh. Um, I never really watched New Japan, so that, like, that wouldn't jump out to me. Uh, but I just felt it was like a mixture of uh, like shoot fighting and and wrestling. I, I absolutely loved it. It was. Uh, there's quite a lot of um, yeah, quite a lot of the kicks in particular. I was looking, thinking. You know, um, they they seemed pretty stiff, but I assume they were both working that way. Yeah. Um, both just decided to go that way. I don't know that the the great Sasuke ever had any other WWE uh, matches, even. Yeah, I don't think um, so. I think this is a one off. Yeah, shame. but he, he he's good. You could tell he was good. I mean, they sell him on commentary as a legend. Hold hold um, on, hold on. <laughs> do, do they? Do they not? I thought they did. Vince says. <laughs> I've got this written down. Vince says, and this guy is a world great, we are told. <laughs> oh, wow. So he actually, like, buries him. <laughs> <laughs> we are told. As he's we coming out, he's saying that. Okay. Okay. Somebody puts him over. It might be JR. Maybe. Uh, so they're missing just, Mike Tenay for his yeah, expertise. That, that's who you need here. Um, 
Yeah, he, I I felt like during the match, uh, Taka's positioned as the the underdog here. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the less experienced uh, of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can I can I've I've got memories in my mind again from another podcast of you know why did you end up signing Taka and not moving for the great Sasuke? And I think you know age was a factor. Right. Them wanting him to be exclusive to them was a factor. Um, and uh, they they felt like there was just more more potential with Taka. Um, whereas it en- ended up being Funaki that was the one with all the potential. Really. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, like I think if you've seen a Taka Michinoku match, you see a lot of his big things that he does. Mm-hmm. I, I like that thing where he he runs, jumps up on the top rope, and then dives out um, towards the. Yeah, the entranceway. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that. He does. His Taka does the springboard plancha for the for the top rope. Yeah, um, diving and that that's aye. amazing. Absolutely. I've got that. a couple of bits in my notes just about how agile Taka seems to be. Mm-hmm. It's uh, which isn't just crazy. Um, did you? What did you think of the fact that the um, you've got the Triple H and Mankind stuff going on? Did you think it it took away from this? At all? No, I, I thought no. it lent itself to the sort of insane atmosphere that was going on in the crowd. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, did you think it took away from it? No, I I, I thought it worked um, because if if someone told me that there's a match going on or a match just starting in the ring and we are gonna cut away and talk about a brawl going on somewhere else and show you some footage of it, I probably would think that you're killing the guys in the ring trying mm. to do their stuff but it, it, it did work um, and plus I think at the start when it starts they've gone for I think this took me by surprise but the, certainly the first couple of minutes of the match it's very mat based mm-hmm. um, between the two of them they're going for holds and counters and things like that um, which is I think the logical way to start the match and then you're going for your bigger high risk things a bit a bit later on Yeah, um, it did build but, like that didn't it yeah, and it built really logically, Aye. I thought as well. Um, I I wrote this off beforehand. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but it was it was really good fun, and it was a good match. It's well put together. It was. It was a nice surprise. I, I liked just like how you're touching on there about the way that they started out. I liked how this guy looked like a shoot fighter. His stance um, mm-hmm. looked as if he was sizing up for like, leg kicks and that sort of thing. It just it was just different. Totally yeah. different. Um, yeah. And this guy, Sasuke, has got the, the goal to kick out the Michinoku driver. Yeah. Stick yeah. the belt on him right now. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking when, when I saw him kick out of that, because I, I, I'm sure I've looked before I've done this at you know the breakdown. I don't know if I would have paid much attention to who won the, the match beforehand. So I'm watching it, and when I see the Michinoku driver, I thought, oh, that's it. Um because this is just the start of his career, and then you know he's he's kicked out of his finisher. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, it got me. The match got me. I just didn't expect it to. <laughs> yeah, I was the exact same. Um, and pretty much after he kicks out the Michinoku driver, he, I think this must be. Did they call it a thunder fire bomb? Yeah, that seems like something you would like drink that. when you're sixteen. <laughs> um, which which I was at this point. Yeah, <laughs> well there you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, how would you describe it? Like underhooks from behind and, and yeah, like a pin and suplex. Yeah, um, underhook is it? Is it like a German with a bridge? Um, no. Yeah, yeah. And that was um, it. Yeah, and then how long did that we, go? 
That match was ten minutes. Was it? Wow. Yeah. There you go. Ten minutes of ten minutes of fun. Yeah. And uh, Triple H and Mankind are, are now brawling in the parking lot. Did they go at the parking lot? I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Class. I remember them making a big thing of them being in the penalty area. The, the yeah. ice hockey penalty area. I don't remember them being outside. That's class. <laughs> yeah. Um so aye, we are we're sort of gifted a little bit of a treat here because what they'd been building up to for the next match, which was a title match, at this point Undertaker's champion. They'd be building up Ahmed John- a heel Ahmed Johnson, um, who at this point had joined the nation. Um, they'd been building him up to fight off against the Undertaker. Thank yeah. God he got injured. I mean that that would I suppose it's not the main event, right? Because the the ten man tag is the main event. But Ahmed Johnson getting a world title match on a pay per view <laughs> just seems insane. It really does. I, I was going to say, what did they see in him? But I mean, that answers its own question. But yeah, I mean, he can't. His promos were <laughs> inaudible. Yeah, he, he had nothing. His his promos were terrible. His in ring work was just shocking. Yeah, and and I would fully believe probably hurt quite a few guys uh, in matches because it just didn't look safe. He couldn't sell. He couldn't do anything. <laughs> and he, he he had the look, and and that's it. Um, there was there was nothing more there. And I I'm a magic. I don't think he ever got to a challenging for a world title level. Um, so I'm I'm assuming things are probably not downhill from here because I know he has the he breaks away from the nation and then feuds with them which is probably reasonably positioned on a card but yeah I seem to remember in our early 1998 journey um, that happening and I'm doing some really dodgy looking Pearl River plunges through tables to people and hospitalising People, I, I do think he suffered a lot of injuries in his career as well. I, I seem to remember mm-hmm. him being sidelined a couple of times. That's what happens when you wear your elbow pads on your knees and all that, isn't it? <laughs> Silly Ahmed. <sighs> but so we get we get your guy Vader yes, instead, my man. Yeah. Um, I didn't fully, I didn't fully grasp. Uh, full disclosure, I started drinking whilst I was watching this, <laughs> and at some point I realised that I hadn't. I had very much to eat that day. I hadn't had dinner yet. Some of my notes are a little bit scrambled. Um, so I was a little bit confused with where the Paul Bearer angle came in with Vader. Okay. So Paul Bearer, all, all I know on this, because I didn't really look before. Um, if you Murderer! He's, yeah, he's just starting this. So he's aligned with Vader He's starting calling Undertaker a murderer. We are, um, I think, a, a, a good few months away still from Kane appearing. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is just sort of the early planting the seeds that, that Kane's coming. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I assume, well, I suppose I don't know whether they had, they had to take the, well, they must have had the Kane thing in mind by now, but I'm assuming they, they, they need to, Align Paul Bearer with somebody who's active and already there um, to to kind of go up against the Undertaker at this point. Although this match wasn't supposed to be the match. No, 
And, and it, they showed footage from the Royal Rumble 97. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they had Vader and Taker. Where they fought then. And is that where Bader um, double-crossed them? Is that I, what, think, what I think so, right. yeah. Because, I mean, Vader has been around the, the top of the card for a little while because I'm sure he's... Remember they had that uh, rumble with the disputed finish and all that, and then Michaels drops the belt and walks away for a little while, and they did the what was it the the final four yeah, thing, uh-huh. um, and he was involved in in the the title picture at that stage. Right, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, well, I've definitely said this before, but Vader should have had the belt at some point. He was screwed over <laughs> by that little weasel, Shawn Michaels. Um, but we'll, we'll leave that one. Um, I think Bearer and Vader look like they go together. I think it yeah. works. I never knew whether I probably didn't hear him do it himself enough. Apart from the what was it? I'm just a fat piece of shit or something like that. Never really heard uh, Vader cutting an awful lot of his own promos. Mm. Um, I think him having a guy there with him probably does help. Um. And he should, you know, just focus on being some sort of monster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm so conflicted with Vader because I want to like him. I, I I want to look at him and think, oh, he he's the guy, or he could be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's what's just the butt here. I just uh, I never buy it. I don't know what it is, what? and I'm sure. I, I think the problem I'll have with Vader is I'll have seen everything in the wrong order. So I imagine if I saw him in, like, WCW, when he was portrayed as a monster, mm-hmm. you know, he was destroying Squashing everyone. Squashing fools, eh? Uh-huh. And he was beating, you know, the absolute top-of-the-card guys. Um And, you know, a few years have passed, and I think he'd back to Japan, then he's WCW again, then he's here. Um And... I think I just, I just look and, and think, you know, he's in there against The Undertaker. Maybe if he was in there against a Shawn Michaels and that had actually happened and they'd followed through with the storyline, um, I could have thought, well, yeah, you take the belt off Michaels. You know, I I don't know. I, I, I never quite saw him at, at world title level in WWE. Um, but fair. then fair. I, I suppose the... Uh, when when he got kind of screwed out of it, it was said they ended up going with, wasn't it? And he was yeah. never the, the, the greatest the greatest worker in the world, but Vince loved him. Vince absolutely loved him. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> Bad shin bones though. Said. Yeah, and what what was the other thing they said? Oh he he he, he always disappeared around softball season. He said. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Huge softball fan. Suddenly he would have all these injuries and just wouldn't show and call and cancel and stuff like that. Yeah, he became very unreliable around softball season. That's apparently. hilarious. <laughs> um, so I do have a lot of notes for this match. One of them being, I've had too much to be. Dr- I've had too much to drink to be making these notes. Oh, oh no. I've just realised I've had no dinner. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I let's let's talk this match. Another good match, I think. 
Th- this was pretty good. Um, a big man you know, match, like we've said, you know, we've we've spoken about it before. It's a good big man match, I think. Yeah, I think I, I get um, flashbacks from the some of the horrendous Undertaker big man matches of like early in his career when <laughs> he'd be in against guys that that couldn't move mm-hmm. and couldn't take a bump or anything like that. Vader can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still pretty agile, yes. you know, for his size, yeah. he's, he's agile. Um, but they, I think, you know, they know they need to speed up the match and then slow it down at times yep. and things like that. Um, which is just, you know, that's, that's what you have to do in, in pretty much any big man match. I'm thinking you maybe need like a, an assistant. So when you're watching something, you just say what you're thinking and somebody could take the notes for you. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I've got um, two children, surely. I mean, mm, do you think that one? Maybe. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, are they, are they into wrestling? Do they enjoy it? Yeah. Would they watch old stuff? No. Ah, okay. It's, it's the current product. Unfortunately, they've been poisoned by McMahon's propaganda. Damn it. Oh, well. Once we're covering, you know, this era stuff in like 10, 15 years or something, that, that, that'll be fine. It'll too, be easy. Too old and no interest in what we're talking about. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Um, um, like, I do have a few notes cool, if you cool. if you if you you want me to go through some of these because sure. I've got um, Undertaker starting really fast and and dominating early. He's like doing some of his uh, his classic move set before we've. It feels like we've really even started. He, he goes old school, walks the ropes. Um, Is it old school though? If it's in nineteen ninety seven, nah, he goes school. Goes school. Yeah, um, and uh, I've I've got it in my notes that we're uh, about. Two or three minutes in, Invader hasn't had an offensive move yet. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually knocks Undertaker down, um, but he, he does his classic setup, and uh, we've got Vader just just going for punches, just trying to inflict any damage. Um, Undertaker gets one of his you know classic running, clo- jumping, flying clotheslines. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Vader kicking out at that. Um, Vader locks in a, a sleeper. Chance for for both men to catch slow a, it down, yep. yeah, just catch a bit of a breather, slow the match down, which is good for the uh, psychology. There was something I was hearing uh, again. It must have been podcasts. Um, it was about uh, Scott Hall speaking to younger talent in WCW when he was there, yeah. um, and some of the the young talent that that were trying to. You know, what was the phrase? Get all my shit in. You know, do right. every single possible move they could think of. Yeah. And he was like, uh, he, he explained to one of them that, y- you know, while you're doing all the moves, the announcers can only talk about the moves. If you slow it down, apply a hold, just give it like 30 seconds or something like that, they'll start talking about you rather than the moves. Holy so shit. that was really interesting. God. Get yeah. that. I mean, get that played to... Every single person in the AEW and <laughs> most of the WWE locker rooms. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've kind of, ever since I heard it, I've kind of started looking for it, you know, and it, it does seem to be true because, you know, how, how often are you going to mention, oh, he's really cinched in that, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you will start talking about the character mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, <laughs> well, we've got, uh, I've got Taker with, uh, he gets out of the the sleeper and then two big boots to to set Invader over the top rope to the floor. I, th- um, I thought that was that looked massive to me. It's just yeah. a, a really simple move, but with the way that Vader sold that with flying over top rope, I thought it was uh-huh. amazing. 
Yeah, um, and I think you know certainly for most of his matches that I've watched, I, he is a good seller. You know, I, I think a lot of people of of his size maybe wouldn't want to sell quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, Vader starting taking control on the outside, but Paul Bearer's starting his he's running away from Undertaker. He's playing like this coward who is terrified. He's amazing, of Undertaker <laughs> here, and he's shouting murderer as he's doing it. He does a cheeky wee, a cheeky wee murderer at the camera and points at Undertaker <laughs> behind him. Murderer! I, I did like Paul Bearer. I, 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 I definitely preferred him when he was against Undertaker. Mm-hmm. There was just more to it. Um, he was vicious, wasn't uh-huh. he? And Sometimes yes, he would I'm, take his shoe off. and I think he did in this match. He took his shoe off and hit him with it. We've got uh, McMahon saying... Uh, well, th- this annoyed me a wee bit. <laughs> so McMahon, we're, we're, we're a few minutes into the match and Undertaker has had quite a offence, but we've got McMahon questioning what Undertaker has to do to put Vader away and he hasn't performed any of his usual finishing moves. So I would suggest what he, what he should do is one of those. That That's probably the, the way to put him away. <laughs> However, you could argue a story, could he get Vader up for a tombstone mm-hmm. um, or a chokeslam even? Because, you know, he's a big guy. Um, so, But yeah, McMahon was annoying me a wee bit at that point. Um, we've got uh, Undertaker... Because of the constant sort of bearer shouts and distractions, he, he ends up chasing uh, Paul Bearer, but Vader catches Undertaker from behind. Um, I've not described this very well <laughs> in my notes, whatever this was, and I wasn't drinking. <laughs> Vader with a clothesline type thing from the top rope for a two count. Mm, don't know what that was. Neither do I. I don't recognise that. <laughs> I don't even know if it means he came off the ropes onto Undertaker. Yeah, who who knows? Um, the thing uh, I noticed about when when Undertaker was stalking Paul Bearer, the crowd were going mad for it. Yeah, they were. And again, this is another. You know, Undertaker's. Um, he's he's not yet got to uh, uh, the American badass or anything like that. But you know, everyone knows he's American. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they're they're massively by. I think they were just so up for the show, uh-huh. which which is great. And you don't often. I imagine in the really big cities and the big arenas, they're they're so spoiled. And we talked about this when we were talking SummerSlam '92. Yeah, yeah. Um, once you take it out of those areas that get so much, you know, top level big names uh, wrestling, that the the appreciation from the crowd, they, they just really want to enjoy the show. Yeah. Um. We've got uh, a suplex, then a a splash for another two count for for Vader. Um, And then there's another rest hold, just let it breathe a little bit, where he's he's doing this. Is it like supposed to be a nerve hold on the shoulder? Um, It's it's basically like you have the the person sitting down in front of you and you're behind them just cinching down. The shoulder neck area. Yeah, yeah. and again, that's that's slowing things down a bit, letting it breathe, um, and probably giving both guys a, just a, a little bit of time to to recover, get ready for the big yep. finish. Can we yep. can we talk about the finish? Yep, I, I really like this, but the finish is odd because Undertaker's down and Vader's off up on that second rope, to ready to hit the Vader bomb. Yeah. He doesn't get a chance because Undertaker gets up and what I've got written in my notes is it's Vader bomb time. Oh no, Taker has just gotten up and punched him square in the Mastodons. 
Yeah, that's what? that's basically what. Why does he... the, there were there were a few things just in this sort of run to the finale that didn't quite look right. I've I've got a few. <laughs> so I've got, I've got Undertaker sets up for a choke slam, but Vader uh, kicks him in the nuts. Should be a DQ, as Jr. says, but Tim White just can't be arsed. He was definitely <laughs> looking White. right at it. <laughs> We've got Taker going for a tombstone, but oh. Vader kind of flips him, uh-huh. uh, which didn't look good. They both uh, kind of but, fell over there, didn't they? Yeah, um, so I've got in my notes at least it didn't look choreographed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just and you know you do get there. There is an argument for if things go wrong or if moves go wrong in a ring. Well, they they would, uh-huh. you know, of, uh-huh. of course they would. Um, and I, I kind of chalked it up a little bit to that, but I was more a wee bit worried about the health of both because it just didn't look brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Vader bouncing on the ropes for a Vader bomb. He's taking ages. Undertaker sits up, gets up, delivers a low blow. I suppose that makes it one each. <laughs> <laughs> and is it at this point that he hits Chokeslam for the second rope? Sorry. Yeah, so the fact uh, he's, he's hit the low blow, but Vader's still on the ropes facing backwards. Be, uh, um, so Undertaker is able to, to get him, and then he, he executes the Chokeslam, but it's, it's a two. I know. It's, it's just a two. We're keeping Vader strong here. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, a second choke slam and a kick out by Vader. Um, and then we've got uh, the Undertaker getting Vader up for, for the tombstone, which, it, you know, it does look quite impressive just mm. with the, the size of Vader. Um, and I never feel like I'd, I've seen it with some others, but I've never really felt like it looked like Undertaker was about to drop someone. Yeah, um, I think early days Kane used to look like that. It looked pretty yeah, scary. Like, was like just like they were going to slip down. from his, his grasp a aye, little bit aye. as they're, yeah. Um, so he, he, he gets the, the tombstone and the, the pin win to, to retain and Paul Bearer is absolutely furious. <laughs> this this has not gone the way he wanted at all. He basically has a tantrum. He's he's livid. <laughs> and is it at this point is it Vince does a bit of Kane teasing here or is, does, is it Bader? Does Bader start talking about Kane? No. Um, <sighs> I think it's maybe Vince. I don't Vince. have it in my notes but I think it might be Vince. Aye. I was surprised yeah. that the mentions of Kane but... Um, but they... I know, I know that they did the whole reveal of you killed your family and you left your yeah. mother and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I just couldn't remember the, if they actually specifically named him. Kane. Yeah, the the family thing is definitely referenced here uh, in terms of you know Undertaker killed his family, and I think without mentioning names, they mention like mum, dad, and brother or something like that. Right. You know, um, and I think it's Vince um, just sort of picking up on what. Uh, Bearer had said, I think Vince is kind of relaying that to the audience, so they've obviously got their plan uh, in mind of, of where they're going. Asshole Brothers is about a theme of this pay-per-view, actually. Oh. <laughs> where do we go from it? I think, do, do we get a little package, we get a sort of weird package about yeah. the nation and DOA? Yeah. I, that That started off really weird. Because it ends up, so it's like they're they're initially just talking about factions. Factions, factions have become a thing uh-huh. in WWE, um, and then they they talk about you know feud between Austin and Brett becoming a sort of feud between Austin and and the whole Hart Foundation, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's actually quite a good package, but it's really strange at the start because mm. it. Mm. 
it's it's involving groups that you know have absolutely no relevance to what's going on here. It's it's a little bit odd. When I watched the raw before it, they were making a big thing of gang warfare as started yeah. in in the WWF, and I think Crush must have originally been in the Nation of Domination, was he? Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, and then he he comes out and he's got his real brothers with him and all this sort of stuff with DOA. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, we, we're going to, uh, I think we go into a promo with Brett uh, here. I, I love, he refers to Austin, the Legion of Doom, Goldust and Shamrock as scum. Yeah. And the way yeah. he says it, like he means it. They yeah. are absolute scum. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think we, we definitely mentioned this when we were doing SummerSlam 92 as well, but this whole narrative that Brett can't or couldn't do promos or wasn't strong on the mic, it's nonsense. Uh, amazing. Especially Heel, uh, especially I think. Yeah, look, looking back, this is actually my favourite Brett. Um, it's it's throughout this storyline and I, it makes me really disappointed that I, I wasn't watching at the mm-hmm. time because I, I think mean. I just would have really enjoyed this. Yeah, same. This must be round about... I've seen the footage before. I've no idea the context. Him and McMahon are in the f- in the ring, are surrounded by a cage, and you see Brett throwing Vince to the floor. Yeah, so I think it, it's it's known as the first time that Vince was identified as the owner rather than uh, just an announcer. Right, um, right, right. What had happened is there's a title match. Brett loses. There's some shenanigans in the match, and he is basically calling out Vince as, you know, this is his fault. He should be making sure this kind of thing doesn't happen. This is bullshit and all that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, probably well, definitely quite an important moment because they haven't piled onto it yet. It's happened and it's been referenced, but nobody is saying, well, Vince, you're the owner, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but they, it's, it's like just this little step towards, well, I suppose what ends up not working out all that well for Brett in the long run, but this character that, that Vince becomes. Um, and it's it's really interesting that they've done it here with seemingly nowhere obvious to go mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I remember it hearing it referenced as a, a really big thing because Vince, certainly up till that point, did not want to be known as anything more than just an announcer. Yeah. As far as the, the crowd were concerned, that's what he wanted them believing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, mm. So this team that we've got with Doc Hendricks, a bit of a ragtag group of uh, random guys to be representing. Yeah. I, I, they don't call themselves Team USA, I don't think, but they're essentially representing USA. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin, the story's there. And I, I think what happened, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say that the Heart Foundation called called out and basically an open challenge. Five of us versus five of you. Uh, yeah. Who wants th- who wants some sort of thing? Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't know how the team came together from from for Austin's side, uh, but I do remember it being like a, a challenge, effectively. So these were obviously the guys to to step up. I don't know what what sort of thought and logic was put into it. I guess, you know, you, you've you got uh, Ken Shamrock must be fairly new. He would have debuted as the ref at, uh, at WrestleMania. Yep. Um, and then you've got, you know, LOD, who are basically huge, in certainly in America. 
uh, I imagine everywhere they 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 were huge over their certainly their their initial runs. Um, Gold Dust always felt like a bit of an odd add to this team, but I think that's maybe referenced or touched upon that he stepped up. He was the guy that wanted to be in this. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I I assume it must have been a you find five guys or four guys or something like that, um, and then because you know it's so much of the Team America um, is is on Austin. That's mm-hmm. that's he's the central guy to the the story. So it, I'm not saying it didn't matter who the others were, um, but it, it certainly was never as important as who was leading that team. No, agreed. Um, and I, I, the the only thing and it didn't occur to me until I touched it. To be fair, where was Shawn Michaels? Is he still in his I've lost my spy- smile? I assume, uh, I assume so. He's at this point. Yeah, I think he, he probably is. Because he's definitely vacated the belt um, a while ago. So I think he he must be back fairly soon, though, just looking at uh, where we are. Um, his next event is SummerSlam. He, is he doing Brett. his special guest ref for the Brett Undertaker Brett title match? Aye, aye. Yeah. Um, how how good is Austin's entrance? Oh, love it! It's amazing. He's so happy. I love actually everything about the entrances here because Austin is reveling in this. Oh my god, he's loving it. He loves how much they hate him. He yeah, and they always say it's a lot easier and more fun to be a heel. Um, and I suppose you could argue that Austin was never your traditional babyface, um, but. He, he probably isn't getting this kind of reaction, or very rarely getting this kind of reaction now. He, oh, he, he, he's in his element. He proper <laughs> is. It's amazing. It's almost to the point where he's breaking character because he like just, yeah. He looks like like you say he's reveling it. Um, yeah. But like obviously the entrances is all about yeah, the Heart Foundation. Um, and yeah, yeah, we get, we get a pop. We get a huge pop for Pillman first of all. Yeah. Um, Night Heart. Uh, then we get, uh, it's quite jarring hearing Davy Boy's music, I felt. Uh, <clears throat> and I expect them all to come out together, but they did. They totally did the right thing by having them all oh, come yeah. out separately. Yeah, Fucking definitely. Diana Hart appears. Yeah, I, I've, I've got in my notes, we've got a really loud pop for Pillman. Uh, I felt like the Night Heart and then Bulldog ones were, certainly the Night Heart one was a little bit lower, but that's fine. It kind of works. You know, Bulldog yeah. came out, it was a good reaction again. And I've just got in my nose, shit, is that Diana Hart? Please, nobody give her a mic. We're going to go to Sean Mooney, Dan. <laughs> and then, yeah. how good is Owen? I don't remember this music. Oh. Owen's music is amazing. It's brilliant. And he gets a really good reaction as well. He's got his um, slammies. I, I loved Owen. Owen was genius. Um, do you know what he had this? Do you know what he got these those slammies for? No, I don't. And I, I remember how much he celebrated them, like they were titles. But I don't remember how how he ever got them. I've I've no hundred percent checked <laughs> this right, but um, one of them was for being something like the biggest rat in the WWF, <laughs> and the other one he stole from somebody. <laughs> That's amazing. Brilliant. How good is that? Um, oh. I feel like the pop for the pop for Owen was comparable with the pop for Brett. For Brett, yeah. um, I thought yeah. they were both just as as big yeah. uh, as one another. 
yeah, and it it was great. I mean, it just they I think they got the order right because even I, because I think the Pillman pop was a little bit more than the Neidhart one. It's it's up and then it's just a little bit down and then it's up and then it's huge and then massive. It's ah, perfect. I like the look. I like the leather jackets with the names on the back of them and all that. I think I think they look yeah total cool. Um, I feel like this version of Bulldog compared to what we've seen in 92, I feel like this version of Bulldog could be pushed. Um, yeah, I think it I think, just looked better. I don't know if it's the tights, leather jacket, short hair, I don't know what it was. but I, I Yeah, he better. he left soon after the screw job, didn't he? Or pretty much straight after, he did, I think. Uh, um, so if we're, we're... I can't even think where we are in the year. Ju- here. This is July, so we're only talking yeah. four months. Yeah, yeah, that'll be about it. Wow. Which is amazing. I mean, yeah, looking at this, do you know what I was thinking? I wonder if they ever went back to Canada again that year. Well, funnily enough, yes, they did. (laughs) But um, it wasn't the greatest of occasions. No, no, they didn't send them away happy that night. (laughs) No. Again, sort of probably going against convention and what we're used to, our two biggest stars start this match as well. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting as it started. Did you notice they actually mentioned the the, the documentary? They mentioned aye, aye. Um, they've got them ringside. Yeah, the documentary. Aye. Yeah, um, that that just put in my mind this must all happen pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would kind of expect the build up to waiting for the hot tag, certainly in terms of Brett. But no, Brett and Austin start the match. I wonder if that's pre-planned or if that's an audible based on let's let's like put this you know the, the temperature in here is crazy let's let's put up another notch. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to know that. Uh, yeah, I've I've got a thing in my notes saying that the the crowd noise for for just some basic starting a match moves <laughs> is absolutely incredible, and then Austin starts flipping off the crowd. Brilliant. Brilliant. Even just them going toe to toe back and forward, you, you feel like they hate each other. They, yeah. they had a really good rivalry, Austin mm-hmm. and Brett. Yeah, and um, it's it's very well done. Apparently, they had a great relationship, mm-hmm. um, and both like wanted to work together. Brett, I think, specifically asked to work with Austin um, before he was necessarily at that level. Um, yeah, it's there, there's such a good dynamic between the two. It's just brilliant. No. Did you? So, so this is a five v five match. Um, yeah. And at, at one point, I was a bit like, "Is this elimination or is it?" Yeah. Straight up one pin. Yeah, because I, I don't think it was mentioned as we were going. So when it was starting, I was wondering the same thing. I, I didn't know, um, and I thought, "I wonder, you know, the the order of eliminations if mm-hmm. this is elimination." Because um, all I could really remember about it was like the the very end uh, point when all the hearts end up in the ring. But, mm. you know, they, they could have had guys eliminated. But I, I don't think it had been mentioned in the build-up, so I went into it not knowing as well. I uh, the, the, uh, the, sorry, sorry, I've cut you off. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, the match is like, it's 25 minutes, I think, is that it? it gets. And I'd seen that and I thought, it must be elimination. But no. And I think I was, when I thought that, I was a little bit disappointed. Um but then when it plays out, when you just let it play out, I think it ups the stakes. Yeah. Because it could get a little... Um, like you could you could probably think about what's going to happen. 
with elimination. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Whereas with, with the fact that it's just one pin, that's it, it really up the stakes for me. I, I liked it even more, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Um some of the some of the action as we're going early is pretty it's pretty fast paced mm-hmm. um, and you've got quite a few tags in and out um, various people getting involved. I loved Pillman. I always <laughs> think it's just a he's he's such a character. He is. Um, he's tapping Shamrock's hand to the man. Yeah, it's yeah. Just m- mimic him tapping out it's, and, and <laughs> to do it to Shamrock, it's just brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I always feel a bit sad because obviously, you know, he, he passes away very young, but I believe by the, the time he's even signed his WWE contract, the the injury that's basically ruining his career is has already happened. Oh, really? um, which is just really sad to think about. I think he... He had a, was it like a quad bike accident or something like that and crushed his ankle? Um, and that was, I think he, he was feigning that it was, wasn't that bad to, to make sure he got his deal and all that. But then when it comes to in ring, you know, he's, I, I remember from the very, very old days, uh, when I was watching WCW, they had like some, show late at night on ITV um, before, you know, the Monday Night Wars or any, anything like mm-hmm. that. And Flying Brian was one of my favourites. He's just like this this high flyer. And being a WWF guy, I hadn't seen an awful lot of that. You'd had like, you know, Jimmy Snooker having a match here and there and things yeah. like that. But he just looked absolutely spectacular, but he was never able to to be anything like that guy in, in WWF. That's interesting. Obviously, his kids in AEW, I don't, I don't know, early early doors or maybe about this time last year, he was getting a little bit of a push, but I just don't think he's got it the same mm-hmm. way his dad did. Um, I want to yeah. say he goes by, does he go by Flying Brian as well, maybe? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Has uh, he had his programme lost in by all at this point? You know, I the whole Austin turn I up his house so. and all that. I... Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um I, he must have because at that point, um, I'm I'm sure he was pretty new right. to to WWE because I'm sure based on the fact that they'd had a tag team uh, in WCW days, I think they programmed them together pretty right. much straight away. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, it's such a cliche, but it just comes across as so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know what he's going to do, and then Nightheart gets in the ring and tries to square up as if he's going to go. <laughs> toe-to-toe with Shamrock and Shamrock yeah. swings a kick at him and Nightheart, Nightheart misses I want to say he does his trademark laugh and then Shamrock just wellies him again he goes down it's a pretty good segment actually because <laughs> I imagine you know you've brought in this guy who is uh, this shoot fighter who's what, what did they used to term him as world's most world's dangerous man world's most dangerous man, man eh? yeah I, I bet some guys were you know behind the scenes tempted to just have a go yeah, they, they, they must have been and probably get put in their place pretty quickly. But um, yeah, it, did, it made me laugh that segment. It was good. Um, there's you're right with what you're saying. There's a lot going on. Um, it breaks down a few times. It's really early on in this match that um, Owen gets hit with a doomsday device. Yeah, like really. I mean, I feel like it's always brutal seeing doomsday device these days. But uh, I, I thought yeah. it was pretty early on. Did yeah, Brett disappear um, for a portion of this match as well? I've definitely got in my notes about Owen. Owen, oh aye. And Austin disappears for mm-hmm, a bit mm-hmm. as well. 
um, which which levels things up. And and we've talked before about the the need to at times reduce what's going on because there's various times where there's fighting on the outside or, or where multiple people are in the ring at the same time. But at least this was a not too hard to keep your eye on because it's a it's a tag match yeah. and there, there should in theory only be two participants in the ring at, at any given time but what you do find anytime and again this i think plays into the realism anytime anyone's got say a cover or locking in a submission move you know somebody is coming in to break it up yeah um until you know you you get far later in the match that's always going to be the case and it's it probably adds to the fact, you know, what you mentioned earlier about it not being a um, oh, elimination. Yeah, um, yeah, it means you you basically have the ten guys around the ring, although it, it reduces to, to eight for a little while. Mm-hmm. But it was always sometimes they can feel like a bit of a mess. I never really felt that for this. Um, I felt like I, I I constantly had my eyes on it. It was just really entertaining. Yeah, and am I right in saying that Austin takes out Owen? first yeah and then brett just goes bananas yeah austin wraps owen's leg round the post uh-huh. uh and then uh hits it with some chair shots um we've got your your buddy bruce trying to yeah, get him shot at, at austin didn't he yeah uh just from the from over the barrier so um, and then i think is that after the doomsday device yeah, that's that all happens just after the doomsday device. So that's basically like Brett trying to sorry Austin trying to just eliminate Owen from from uh-huh. the match really, and Brett, yeah, Brett goes absolutely ballistic. Love that as um, well. That's brilliant, eh? Yeah, it's and and again you get it. There's you know that's your brother. It's not just your your teammate. Mm-hmm. That's your brother. How are you going to react? Um, Brett's so good. He's just so fucking good. He wraps Austin's knee, he slams it with a chair, he slams it with a fire extinguisher, and then to top it off, he slaps on the figure of four upside down around the pole. It's amazing. And I, I love that spot. I always enjoyed that when he does that to guys. Um, I think it eventually gets broken up by one of the, the LOD mm-hmm. guys. But um, yeah, it's it's... It's, it looks like it must be such a sore move, mm-hmm. wrapping the, the figure of four uh, around the ring post. Um, the, the thing with, with Brett is there's no like bravado to the crowd or anything like that. He's just doing it mm-hmm. and it looks like he's trying to do it to hurt him. Yeah. Um, so that's the point where we get Austin leaving. I think JR actually comments saying he's being taken back for medical attention, right. um, which leaves us with a a four on four for now. Um I've got Brett and Shamrock going at it. Um, Shamrock getting from the ring. Pillman throwing uh, Shamrock over the announce table. Yes, yeah, so my notes say, Christ, Pillman just wrecked Shamrock. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching it thinking he did that with a wee bit too much enthusiasm. <laughs> I was thinking, did Shamrock definitely know that was coming? <laughs> uh, we've got... Uh, Bulldog uh, starting to dominate Shamrock, but Shamrock hitting a low blow um, to to let him make the tag out to, to Goldust. Um, and I think it's at the point Bulldog and Goldust are in the ring that Austin limps back down mm-hmm. uh, to, to get back uh, involved in the match. Um, and I think we get Austin and Brett both tagged in again yep. and them going at it in the ring. 
Um, it's just oh, it's brilliant stuff. And Brett, um, sorry, Austin eventually gets the point. He slaps a sharpshooter on Brett. Yeah, uh, things are looking great, and strangely enough, um, none of the Heart Foundation <laughs> decides to step in. Yeah. Apart from Brother Owen, who comes running, sort of limping down and, and breaks it all up. Yeah. Um, again, things from there, things break down. But just before that, it must be when Bulldog and, and Goldust are in the ring. Um, I've got that Diana's looking very confused, possibly from being on the front line. Yeah. <laughs> but but I also, uh, Owen comes down and breaks up the sharpshooter. And... Where all the hearts get back on Austin, or have we had that? And again, later, no, we've later. we've got from here your yeah your your favorite your second favorite third favorite heart Keith. getting trying to get himself involved. <laughs> we've got. Um, I think Keith falls over the the barrier. <laughs> Leg- oh, Keith. legit falls over the barrier. That asshole um, Bruce with his leather jacket and his sunglasses on, looking like a shit Roddy Piper, tries to. Attack. <sighs> I think Austin goes for Stu, doesn't he? Yeah, Austin goes for Stu. Uh, Bruce, I think, throws his drink over Austin. Ah, that's, right, um, that's right. And then Austin goes for Stu. Um, and then we've got uh, Austin, I think, getting pulled over the guardrail uh-huh. by, by the rest of the family. Um, and the, the Hart brothers start brawling with uh, LOD. Um Austin's back in the ring, but he's distracted. He's leaning through the ropes, which is when we we go to our finish mm-hmm. um, of Owen rolling up Austin for for the pinfall win. I was actually really like glad in a lot of ways that it was Owen it was that Owen. got the pinfall so win. Yep. Yeah, um, it felt like he was kind of really well positioned in this match because he's kind of got the heroic comeback from the injury when he comes back down to mm-hmm. break up the sharpshooter and then it's him getting the pinfall win which I, I just really liked it's interesting yeah, I wonder I wonder if that's a, a conscious decision to try and elevate Owen uh, mm-hmm. rather than pull Austin back down it has to be yeah yeah I think so um, and so it, it, Owen's, it was, Owen's intercontinental champion at this point yeah uh, and it, it's kind of I suppose it's kind of positioned as a, a fluke you know it's a roll up it came out of nowhere it's, it's nothing to say that um that Austin was, you know, beat down or, or uh, Owen was better than him or anything like that. But uh, I'm imagining that the, the next pay-per-view is the Intercontinental match between Austin and Owen. Yeah, it is, uh, it's when, when uh, Owen breaks his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, th- I think everything about this match is perfect. Um, I was thinking about it and, you know, like... the. I think they might have done this in later years. Play up the angle that two on the or three on the um, on the heart side are, are not Canadian. At least two of them are American. Yeah. As as Brett and Owen got to be thinking about that, you can imagine them playing up that sort of angle. Somebody's going to get screwed by somebody. There's none of that. Mm. It played no. it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and and played it. Yeah, as you say, like completely straight. There's no real shenanigans. There's you know, Austin, I think, is already fully in the don't trust anybody mode type mm-hmm. thing, but he has to have partners for this. Nobody screws him. Everyone's, you know, trying to win for their team 
Um, so there's, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no shenanigans. The, the pin didn't feel, you know, definitive and, uh, nothing about it felt like it, it should be the end of this. Yep. You know, there's so many directions you can still go, uh, which left it really nice and open. And obviously having, you know, the Bruce involved was absolutely key. Mm. Mm. Shamrock does leather them yeah, <laughs> when they're on the outside. I, I, I made a note of that. Fuck is you, that what one of your highlights? That's my highlight. Aye. <laughs> the the thing about it, and it's uh, connected to what's happening with Triple H and Mankind, is this had a feel of like craziness, out of control, people mm. spilling over the barriers. I, I was almost thinking, I wonder if this is what it felt like in the territories when things got out of hand, because it yeah. almost felt like things could have got out of hand. At, yeah, at this, just given how like sort of frenzied the crowd were. Yeah, because you, you've got you've heard the stories from the territories about how hated the heels were, and people would jump the guardrail or wait for them after the match and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, and try and try and attack people. And I, I feel I wonder what the likes of Austin specifically was thinking mm-hmm. in this environment. Um, I mean, no doubt. <laughs> oh, and, t- and in terms of story and angle and all that, I, I imagine he must have been loving it because yeah. it's just brilliantly done um we do get like that i think security get involved because austin never stops trying to get to them Aye. um oh, oh. austin he, i think he does this better than pretty much anyone i've ever seen so i remember you know there was a big thing about with the tyson stuff and all that uh-huh. he really looks like he wants to get to them he does it's it's just so well done yeah so austin like you said, he gets rolled up and gets pinned. The Hart Foundation and a lot of family members are in the ring uh, celebrating. Austin gets back in the ring with a chair, leathers yeah. Nightheart. Yeah. <laughs> he just... It's that classic thing of Austin no caring how many there are. He's, he's going to... Um, so he just gets jumped by multiple, you know, more than five of them. Um, yeah. There's other members of the Hart family sticking the boot in and all that again. It just it looks authentic. Yeah. Uh, they end up getting security, like you say. Austin gets handcuffed and he's got his hands behind his back, flipping off the crowd, flipping off the other wrestlers. It's class. Yeah, it's so good. And it's the perfect people to be involved as well. I, I couldn't see this working anywhere near as well without Austin on, on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just perfect for it. Uh, yeah, loved it. Um, I was, you know, when you, you think to yourself, this must be really good because, you know, the situation, the storyline and all that, there was kind of this feeling of huge relief because I was thinking, what if I watch it now and it's a bit shit? Um, <laughs> what if the crowd reaction isn't what I remember it being? What if it doesn't have that electric atmosphere that I thought it had? But it was all there. It was all just brilliant. Oh, it really was. And I think I think there's definitely something to that short runtime, four matches. There's just, I don't know, yeah. really good. I mean, you think of Robbie in it three was... hours these days. It's, it's just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was so easy to watch. Um, and I didn't feel like I was drifting from it at any point, which probably do with some of the longer shows. I mean, you, it can't keep your attention for three full hours mm. and plus at times. Um, yeah, just a, a really good show. Uh, like you say, not one that people talk about an awful lot. Um, but one that's definitely worth watching. Definitely. Yeah, I really recommend it. Great pick, Adam. 
Oh, I mean, I'm quite pleased with my last two. SummerSlam oh, 02 and then this. It's, yeah. If it was um, <laughs> if this was a boxing match, they'd be stopping it. Yeah, pummeling away at me. I've I've got a wee one and I've got a wee one tucked for next time though. Um, okay. Yeah. I I mentioned territories there and mm-hmm. I, I've been really quite keen to get into some of the territories. It's difficult to know where to start. Um on the network. It's it's more like forty minute shows than yeah than like classic pay per view sort of format or anything like that. So it's been difficult to kind of work out where to start. But anyway, um I did what you did and did a really basic greatest pay-per-views of all time. Uh, and I, I wanted to try and look for something old, oldish, okay. um, something that I hadn't seen before and preferably something that wasn't, you know, like WrestleMania 2 or something like that. So uh-huh. um, we're going to go from a four-match card to a nine-match card. Okay. Uh, we're going... WCW NWA's Great American Bash 1989. Oh, no. And I wonder I, if I've ever seen that. I hope not. Um, I know I've definitely not, but I, I hope you've not seen that. I know next to nothing about it apart from um, the matches on the card. I can tell you. I can tell you some of the matches. Go for it. Uh, so there's a fifty thousand dollar triple crown two ring King of the Hill Battle Royal. Oh, um, some some names that you recognise here. Both Steiners are there: Mike Rotunda, Sid Vicious, Flying Brian, okay. uh, Terry Gordy, Kevin Sullivan, Ron Simmons. So I a lot of recognisable names. Yeah, uh, Flying Brian Pillman versus Bill Irwin. Don't know. Okay, uh, the dynamic dudes Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas. Is that Johnny Ace as in John Laurinaitis? It is. Nice. That's such a weird team. Okay. Um, The Skyscrapers, Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious with Teddy Long as their manager. Oofed. Um, We've got Tuxedo Street Fight, Paul E. Dangerously versus Jim Cornette. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Texas Tornado Tag Team Match, the Steiner Brothers with Missy Hyatt versus the Varsity Club, Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda. Okay. Um, Sting versus the Great Muta for the NWA uh, World Television title. Nice. Luger versus Steamboat for the United, NWA United States Heavyweight title. Okay. Um, we've got a War Games match. So that is Dr. Oh, Death, yes. Steve Williams, and the Midnight Express and the Road Warriors. So it's that five uh, versus the Fabulous. The SWAT team, Fatu and Sam. Dangerously. Okay. And main event is Rick. Bunk for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Nice. So I'm assuming in this era, just on with the fact they've got kind of secondary titles that Sting and Luger are just on their way up. Young pups. I think so. Yeah. I guess we we're, we've nice. got like um, I, I like the sound of this. Surfer Surfer Sting, obviously. Um 
rather than crow sting, of course. Hi. So there you go. Nice. What do you think? That'll be fun. You up for that? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's totally out of left field, but that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's. I don't think I've ever seen this show. Um, I did watch some like old stuff on the network uh, when I first got the network, but it was more on the WWF side rather okay. than the WCW side. So yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. That'll be fun. When you mentioned uh, Brian Pillman earlier, and you were saying about him being high flying and being flying Brian uh-huh. Pillman, I was having a wee wry smile to myself. I was like, oh, that's good. Good news. Nice. This will be fun. Yeah. Good pick. A lot. A lot of. Well, let's let's. <laughs> what's it? Um, Winston Wolf said in Pulp Fiction, "Let's not start." <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just wait. Jr. on commentary as well. Nice. So yeah, we'll give that a whirl and we'll we'll, we'll chat that through in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, great pick. Great pick this week, though. Really enjoyed it. So thank you for that. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, please, anybody that has got recommendations for us on territories and, and where to start and yeah. um, where's a good place, even YouTube stuff or whatever, please uh, please send us a message on, on Instagram and let us know where's a good place to start because I'd be really keen to do that. Yep, definitely. Great stuff. Right, well, we shall see you in a couple of weeks. Um, until then, take it easy, Adam. Awesome. You too. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.